It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! I was beginning to wonder if Manchester City would ever win a Premier League game again as the players trudged towards the tunnel at half-time at Kenilworth Road. Changed my tune towards the end until I watched the Luton goalkeeper join the attack in stoppage time and assumed it was the sort of thing that had happened this season. Thankfully not, and City are back in a winning mood. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello. Hello, all right. Yeah, um... Let's let's get straight into the game, shall we? Because um, we said previously that they needed uh, a win and kind of sort of any sort of win. Um, but I felt this was a little bit more than just any sort of win, if that makes sense. Yeah, a little bit more. Because it wasn't, you know, we used that Southampton example from December 2020. Um, and to be fair, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm just remembering it badly. But I remember that to be just like a win and nothing else. Like there wasn't much to, to say about it. Um but it was a little bit more than that. Uh, I thought the first half was absolutely fine. Mm. Um, and then they conceded this stupid goal, which was like there were some bad elements involved in it. But the the overall first half performance was was absolutely fine. It was good. It you know it wasn't vintage City, but it was more like... It, I was going to say it's more like the City we know, but only compared to Villa. Because against Tottenham in the first half, they were great against you know Liverpool they're very good throughout so there's only like small very small examples when they didn't actually play well in fact Guardiola said that in his press conference what did mm. he say first half against Fulham second half against Arsenal and all of the game against Villa he didn't like it at all um, which is interesting because we thought that first half against Fulham was shocking and to be fair so I mean so do most people um, second half against Arsenal I thought was interesting because I don't remember it being much different from the first. Yeah. Just like City kind of just turned <laughs> up and tried to just do nothing and pass 90 minutes without a major incident. Um, but yeah, if you, if you try to imagine like how City attacked in the first half, like they had, they did all the usual City stuff, all of the ball, created decent chances. You know, it was like Sheffield United away, but minus the penalty. Um, and they didn't let Luton have much at all until the last 20 seconds. But, you're trying to picture like how they attacked. It was just like the right side is just where attacks go to die, isn't it? With mm. Carl Walker getting forward. Um, but if, on the left, Guardiola was doing more on the left in advanced positions than than Grealish was. Um, 
I mean, obviously we'll get onto Grealish a bit more, but it's funny because obviously everyone knows I'm a, a big fan of Grealish and I'm always trying to, well, I'm always like explaining what he does and why it's important and and how important Guardiola thinks it is and how important it was to the treble and stuff. But funnily enough, I know one of his biggest critics, he thought Grealish was great. I thought he was shit in the first half. I thought, <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is, I was like, Grealish is doing now what people think he does every week, which is nothing. Like, get on the ball, mate. Like, do make a decision, do something. Um, and that's what Guardiola told him at the end, wasn't he? Like, didn't Grealish go up to like celebrate with him at full time? And Guardiola was like, actually, no, you actually, just, come here, this. yeah, let me let yeah, me get like, this into you, like, yeah. like he did with Diaz. Um, but yeah, so the first half was absolutely fine without being, you know, vintage city. But they, they basically what I was thinking before the game was, if it gets to about twenty twenty five minutes and this seems boring in that way that there's no jeopardy from the city goal whatsoever and city are just keeping the ball and probing, then. They're doing a good job. Yeah, that is by and design. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's pretty much what happened. Um, and I thought oh, the second half was good in terms of well, it was good up until they scored the second goal, and then it just got a bit chaotic again. Yeah, the 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 first half. Let's let's just just kind of look into that a little bit because I remember being particularly uh, frustrated with the Luton goal in the sense of not well, even not not, not even the errors that lead up to it and the and um, the way it goes. It's just more the fact that. Um, I thought after the week that they'd had, I mean, well, not even the week, after the uh, spell that they'd had of draw, 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 draw for what felt like six months, um, and then the performance at Villa, I thought they came out with like that usual sort of um, City style and like like the the element of we are we are going to we're going to strangle this game and we're going to make sure that we have all the ball and I thought they'd done that really well and I thought everything was yeah. going fine and I was sitting there as the, as the half was meandering towards a nil nil at the break and I was thinking as long as this uh, like as long as they carry on like this they'll be absolutely fine and then they conceded and it just made me feel like it was one of those seasons where no matter what they did something was going to happen yeah. um so it's that's one of those where yeah you could say you could say to Pep afterwards, like you played well though, didn't you? And he'd be like, "Yeah, we did, but it doesn't matter." You know, that's when he'd be like, "I need to change the dynamic. I yeah. need to this, that, or the other." Do you know, what? like it doesn't matter if we're playing if we're playing well because we're not winning, and like that. And that was how it felt. I was like, because I was thinking about how I would analyze it, and I was like, "You can't say that they've been bad here. You can't say, oh, you know, their poor run continues because this has been a good." Perf- a good half, like I say, not vintage city, but a good half, certainly in the circumstances. And then it was just undone by, you know. A, but then again, it's like, well, is that like the the Liverpool and Spurs games again, even mm. the Chelsea game to an extent, where it's like, well, they've played well, but they haven't got what they deserve from it. And then that is the issue. Like it doesn't matter how well you're playing if you can't if take you can't, advantage. Yeah, if you can't take advantage of it and you, you're conceding goals that mean that you can't take what you deserve is is ultimately mean means that what you deserve is what you get, isn't it? It's like it's mm. it's it's this weird sort of like dynamic around that. But then so to come out in the second half and to to kind of brush themselves down and, and almost carry on in the way that they were doing and then just go and, yeah. and, and score the two goals. I was really pleased with that because it's felt like for a while we haven't seen that city. We we've not seen the city that responds to setbacks particularly well. Or in the case of kind of you look at um Liverpool and Spurs especially, but also Chelsea. Chelsea's a bit different because it kept happening throughout the game. Um but but though but the other two, Liverpool and Spurs, it was a case of you get late in the game 
and the wobble hits in, they feel like they're going to concede and then bang, they concede. And it just like that, as much as they felt like they might have conceded towards the end of, of that one on Sunday, they they held firm and they, they, they ultimately, I don't remember Edison make, having to make a save in that, that kind of real scramble at the end. He came and did a, no, dealt with no. a couple of crosses, but that was about it. Yeah, although that's what Guardiola said. So in the press conference, he was talking about Diaz again. And, you know, there was, there's was there been that clip on Twitter. And I guess people watching on TV would have seen it as well. You know, Diaz, like, celebrated at the end and Pep saying... And he was saying, like, just, you know, just head it clear. Um, to be, I mean, I missed what he did because I've got a right during games now, which is... I hate it for that reason. It's just, it's just stupid thing about, like, sports journalism. Like, hardly anybody at the game gets to watch the last 20 minutes, at least, because they've got to fucking write something. Um, so I know I've got to write stuff. Um, so I didn't see what Diaz did, but um, you know Guardiola was like, "You got to head it or deal with it," because whatever he did, and I'm sure everybody listens listen to this knows more than I do because they were actually watching it, led to or like indirectly led to the two corners they had at the end. But again, like Diaz, it's interesting again that Guardiola chose to mention Diaz as an example. You know, he mentioned him as anxious after the Leipzig game, and you can tell he's just not he's just not on it at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was. There was a just a little moment during the first half, and it was he was down towards the right back position. He'd got pulled out towards Brown, I think it was. Like Brown was just carrying the ball down the line, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe he wouldn't have done this, and he sh- or maybe he shouldn't have done this anyway. But you think about Diaz being so decisive, and he's ag- aggressive and decisive, and he his decision making is always good, isn't it? Like, or you know. Up until, up until recently, you know, like yeah. Mistake. yeah, yeah, like it, it jump in and it, it win the ball, and it, that's why he's been so good and so important for City. But he just didn't, he didn't, didn't do anything. He just carried on jockeying him back, and it allowed Brown to go all the way down to the, towards the line. And I think he, he may have crossed the ball in, but it was just whatever Diaz did, he just didn't affect. He didn't affect the play at all, and you think that's not like Diaz. Normally, he would be decisive there, but I think he's thinking, it may be second guessing himself. Mm. And he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to make that decisive action, in case it's wrong, and then he, he causes his team a problem. But I mean, he, in terms of that not really affecting it, you know, I mentioned about Guardiola in the summer when City signed him, and I looked at his one v one defending. I was like, he's, that's not the type of defender he is. Certainly not at the moment. Like he's not, he's not a guy. You know, sometimes he will just like not affect it. He'll just stand there, and someone will just just go past him. Well, look at the um, look at the, uh, the goal. He, he's about four or five yards off the cross and doesn't make any effort to get yeah, towards it. Def- I don't know if that, I don't def- know if he should yeah, make an effort backs, to get to it. Def- yeah, but full do fullbacks often do that. Like, I, I feel like as long as I've been watching football, fullbacks don't make a massive effort to get out and stop a cross. Like, it, it's I think it's fairly I, I think it's fairly normal. I mean, over, overall, as a general point, I think the again I don't want to say hate but like there's just so much criticism for Guardiola it's like he's rubbish and I he had a good half yesterday the first half and people again I was coming away looking at Twitter because the internet wasn't really working um, and people are like he's been rubbish again for the goal I, I even made the point the ball went up in the air 20 seconds to go and he just headed it back into midfield straight to Luton like don't what are you doing mate like just you just nod that inside to your other centre back they'll, they'll deal with it and you keep the ball like that was the first mistake that was probably the biggest mistake I thought um, and there was a couple of moments where in the in the half when he looked a bit unsure defensively, but you know I can't I can't say that's a surprise because I, I know that's the type of defender he is. But on the ball he was really good. He did more on the left 
in attacking positions, well, even in like middle positions as well, than Grealish did. Um, and but overall, like the guys, the guy is obviously going to be unreal. And uh, again, you could say, oh, he's struggling a bit at the moment. And look, while you've got Nathan Ake, if you wanted to say, we'll play Nathan Ake, that's fine. But just the kind of the level of like passion behind, like this guy's rubbish. Like, what? And like, to the extent, well, again, it's only like a few examples on Twitter, but it's like, oh, spending that much money on this guy, and we should have done it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this guy's going to be unbelievable. I get it. Like, if, you, if you're unenthused by new, the Nunes signing or even Kovacic, I kind of get it. But it's like when you're spending big money on a guy who's clearly class, like you can't be unenthused by it. You can't think that he's a dud already. Like there's just no way, especially for like a, a 21 year old defender. Um, I, I really, I really don't get that. But I mean, if we were to do an updated Gordon Ramsay meme list, he'd definitely be <laughs> be on the adult side. Him and Akanji. Who else? Maybe Grealish. I um, I think uh, Diaz is making the step over from the child to the adult side. Yeah, well, that's the problem with the meme, I guess, because it is it is very fluid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's look then uh, before the game, Sam. The uh, the news obviously broke that there was no uh, Erling Haaland. Um, oh yeah, that's I, small matter. That small matter. Um, I am now prepared for the backlash. Um, but when that news broke, I part of me wondered if it was a blessing in disguise. Um, We've needed City to take control of games a lot more than they have done. The struggle last season was to do that at the same time as fitting Haaland in. And after this run of form, there was the opportunity there to just ignore the fitting fitting him in bit and just kind of recapture the control of things bit. And obviously, yeah. you have uh, Alvarez as the the deputy uh, moving forward into the into the number nine position. Um, it's not a false nine with him there because, as Guardiola said plenty of times, you know he's uh, he's not a false nine, and he, he doesn't see him as being able to play the false nine. Um, no, but at but the he's same still time, better at receiving the ball, yeah, from the field and that's defenders, isn't he? That's where I was going to come to. So um, I, I don't know if it's heresy to say that the that the greatest that the, the the player who had the greatest goal scoring season in English football history, apart from one person ever. Uh, was a blessing to have him out because that's not quite what I mean. But it, it, it meant that City were able to put into play their solution to the structural issues, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, again, I mean, so this was this was my immediate reaction on Saturday night when the news started coming out from the from the FPL guys, which is a mad little turn of events that people are so invested in FPL. It's obviously led to the same kind of level of coverage as you'd get you know, normal football. And obviously that's kind of led to people somehow, Christ knows how, um, at different clubs and different parts of the country, not just getting the team news, you know, when it's given to Sky a bit early or whatever, but like fully the night before. Um, you know, it's very difficult to find out um, squad info around City because it's, it's very well hidden. Um, but obviously, you know, there's there's one or two people who can do it. Um so yeah, when I saw it on Saturday, I was like, you know, I don't mind it. I I, I, I don't mind Haaland being out. Uh, and again, maybe I'm wrong, but like you say, it's like it's it sounds strange to say it, given all the goals he scored and the threat that he is. But you know, City played perfectly well before him. In fact, they were. I still think they were a better, more cohesive team before him. Um, and yeah, like like the whole of last season was. Guardiola trying to find a way to go back to the control they had when they didn't have a striker. So I was like, well, 
they can go back to that. But obviously the issue is, it's like go back to the cohesion they've been missing. But again, like, I don't want to, I don't want to overegg the pudding. It's it was just Villa. Like I mean, uh, to be fair, there is there have obviously been control issues all season. But when you play Alvarez in there, who's basically on the kind of false nine scale, he's he's better than than Haaland, but not as good as Foden or Bernardo. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But so so he does offer you that, but. Yeah, it's like it wasn't. It wasn't all terrible to begin with. It's not as bad as it was against Villa all the time. But yeah, like I didn't mind the fact that he wasn't playing. And it's just this is just a cut me being annoyed about easy narratives again. But at half time, first message that I got was, "Oh, like the lack of cutting edge with that Harland is obvious." I was, like, "Are you fucking for real?" <laughs> that's funny. Like, what, what do you mean? That's really, really funny because if you've been watching closely, well, not, not even if you've been watching closely, if you've been watching City this season, you would have known two things there, and that is Harland has been missing chance after chance, and uh, a lot of yeah. people have been saying, "Why is why is he not scoring?" Um, and the second thing that uh, is that that I thought was going to be obvious from this was that surely um, the narrative would have been instead. Oh, City are better without Haaland, are they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, and it, like, again, maybe this is maybe this is just me being contrary, but I'd have been annoyed at both of those. Teams. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely, just, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, well, they just can't play without him. Like as I'm sure everybody remembers. But I mean, the the other issue with going back to oh yeah, it's good to have more control. It's like, well, they still haven't really got a massive amount of the players for it. Um. And like, if you're moving Alvarez up front, then somebody else needs to come into midfield. And it's not like you're just putting Gundogan in there yeah. or De Bruyne in there. It's like you've still got like, okay, well, who's going to come in? Like, okay, it's Kovacic, is it? And the Kovacic was the one that made the most sense. And I don't mind it because he started the season very well up until, you know, up until having to be Rodri, he was absolutely fine. Um, that's, so that's, well, I mean, I suppose Calvin, Calvin Phillips' main issue is that, He's at they City. Don't think he's good enough overall. <laughs> like that, that, and that's obviously it. But they're like the thing is that they, he's not. They don't see him as good enough to be the Rodri replacement. They they think he can play alongside him, but he's not as good as the others who can play alongside him. And that's basically the issue that City have got across the team, where nobody's good enough to do what Rodri does. But they're all, you know, Kovacic is fine playing alongside him as as part of that team. Um, but anyway, yeah, like with Phillips, obviously they just don't think he's good enough and how they ended up signing him is like a question that we'll get answers to but also like it's a signing that went wrong like it happens it's not a sure science is it it's like Guardiola making that point that you know the exception is winning three titles in a row it's not having a bad patch like bad patches can happen it's like the exception is so many signings coming in and doing really well like it's normal to have a signing that doesn't work out but obviously you've just got a manager who's so kind of you know, when he said that answer on Friday, like, I'm so sorry to him, but he was like, but I've got to be professional or I've got to act professionally, which is, I may want to give this guy minutes because I really like him, but he's so bad. <laughs> I I can't jeopardise our chances of winning. That's obviously how he feels. Um, so that's that's why it's like so stark that he's got no minutes and no opportunities whatsoever. Um, but yes, yeah, in short, it did give them op- an opportunity to get a bit more control, you know, more just more fluidity around around the attack, you know, in those little areas where you're dropping off. And I think there was a lot of that in the first half. There was one time in particular that I thought around 25 minutes, City were breaking a little. And 
I think it may have even been Gradiol, so one of the few players who would actually play a through ball, and there was no runner in behind. And it's also interesting, like if Haaland had have been playing, would Luton have pushed so high up anyway? Yeah. Like maybe they would have dropped deep. Um, but yeah, like there's loads of different in- ins and outs to it. I was having this conversation with somebody on Saturday night saying, look, I don't I don't mind it if Haaland's not playing, you know, like because they can go back to having more players who actually contribute to the build-up. Like, if you're taking a player out of the build-up and that gives you an imbalance in the team and you needed Stones to come in and fix that last season, then that was always one of the solutions when we were talking about it in like, February. Like this, One of the solutions would have been for Haaland not to play, but obviously that was never going to happen by choice. Like, you've got Haaland now, so yeah, you need to it, make it work. Uh, but and and if it, Haaland hadn't yeah. got injured in February, March, then... They wouldn't have necessarily needed to go, okay, we'll put stones in here and we'll do this. Because they, they could have easily just gone, well, actually, we'll just go back to that. Yeah. But maybe they, maybe they would never have made it work. You yeah. can't do that. Um, so it wasn't, and like you say, when you, while you haven't got Gundu and while you haven't got De Bruyne, you're still not going to get that same level of effectiveness that you had with the the setup, you know, with the, in the in the two false nine seasons. But um, yeah, I, di- I didn't mind it. And also, it was an opportunity to get... Um, Foden back in the middle and he was probably well yeah I think he was um, City's best player definitely in an attacking sense Coming up after a short ad break we'll talk more about the game at Luton specifically about Phil Foden see you then It's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. 
That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Just before we get to Foden, because uh, I did want to talk about him in a bit more depth, uh, but um, uh, part of me wonders, obviously, with the run that City have just been through, um, and talking about control, how much of the control element was because they were able to get another player into the middle or how mu- and, and kind of affect the build-up on how much of it was because ultimately, as, as tough as a challenge it was, they were playing Luton. Yeah, they um, weren't playing Villa. They weren't playing Spurs. They weren't playing Liverpool yeah, or Chelsea. You're gonna, and I'm not just looting in terms of quality, but look, they do make it difficult for teams. But also, they they were happy to sit back against against City, weren't they? Like not especially deep um, always, but they were happy to to let City have the ball. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a bit of high pressing, but it, it it wasn't the most disruptive, like you say, like like Villa or or you know Liverpool Spurs. Um, so yeah, there there is that, but also you could you could see it kind of evaporate after City went two one up, and and again you know maybe this is the old confirmation bias kicking in, but you 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 could see and I I I look it was one of those times I looked over to Guardiola, and he was going mad as I as I thought he might, because like Foden got the ball kind of just inside right around the halfway line. And it was at this period where the game was getting a bit end to end. So all right, just like keep it now. And he just like tried to f- find Alvarez, and like, Alvarez lost it or didn't just couldn't get it. And it's like oh, this this is exactly what I've been talking about all season. Like just put your foot on the ball, and like that's why and that's why Guardiola was going so mad. I presume. I mean, it's obviously he was, but without being in his head, you'll never know. But it was it was just that, and there was a lot of times because City didn't often get the ball in those kind of positions. But when they did, it was always Foden or Alvarez trying to find each other and like make an attack happen. So like, just just please for the love of God just slow this game down because this is this is why it's getting out of control. Um so again like I I do think in the first half there was a bit more fluidity to the play there was a bit more balance to it and there was a, a good level of well there was a really good level of control um up until you know the last 20 seconds. But then after City managed to get their goals and and go 2-1 up they did lose it again and then it was still because the like I think thought the two main culprits were the two players on the pitch who had always been on the pitch in Foden and Alvarez. So it's almost like, well, they must have been doing something right in the first half and something wrong in the second. But the game, yeah, the game just ended up getting stretched. But And it left them two kind of attacking alone at times. They seemed to be attacking in pairs. But then yeah, neither of them had the kind of wherewithal to just put their foot on the ball. And there was one time like there was a good ball played into Alvarez. And it was, again, it was a direct one. And it probably would have been better going inside or back or whatever. And it found him. And they just kind of stood on it and fell over. Like, what did you think to Alvarez yesterday? I uh, thought he was rubbish. Yeah. Um, you see, I don't know. I thought, I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was bad, bad. And that's why I'm asking, because I know people have been, oh yeah, Alvarez was good. I was like, who was he? He was, he was involved. And involved in, like, that That sounds like, a, like one of those, you know, those backhanded compliments. He was there. Yeah, he was there. Well done. Well done. You were in the team. But he was, like, I don't mean it like that. He was, um, obviously, he got the assist for the winning goal. He was 
kind of involved in pressing to get it back. He was structurally helping City, um, uh, certainly in the in the way that they were trying to pin Luton back. He was, I thought, he was very good in that. Um, but I, I I still go back to how I feel about him from the start of the season. I still feel like I want to see that little bit more from him. And I guess I, I don't know if that's harsh on on somebody who has you know affected the game with an assist and has, has got involved with it all there. Um, but it, it it's almost that sense of um, like just like you're you're supposed to be this wonder kid. That's you know you, you're this you're, you're the guy that's won the World Cup and you're the guy that was uh, that that's that's kind of had all this praise heaped on him. So it's just kind of like, go out there and show it. Like, be, like, own it a bit more, if you know what I mean. And it's it's just that sort of sense that I that I wasn't getting that. Um, mm. But I didn't think he was bad. I thought he was, um, I, I didn't think it was his best performance, but I didn't think he was bad at all. Uh, yeah, I've, certainly with, with the ball, it just feels so wasteful at times. I just, just use the ball better. Um, but yeah, fine. Um, the, thi- the thing with City... Again, I saw somebody make this point against um, the Spurs game. So a lot of the chances came from City winning the ball high, high up, which is obviously a good thing. Um, and it does show that you know, their pressing was really good. And again, when you talk about complacency, it's kind of it's difficult to tally that with a team that is running and and fighting and pressing. Um, but the point was they weren't creating many chances through the usual City way of you know building up patiently and, and then turning it on and doing it quickly whether they're moving from the lines from front to back or they go from left to right and then arrive at the back post for a low cross or something there wasn't too much of that and then the goals again yesterday it was a second ball in the box which Bernardo's done brilliantly with and then again City winning the ball back high up which again is a good thing and you're not you're not criticising the goal itself it's more criticising the lack of anything else and City put together an amazing passing move after like two minutes or something they got all the way up the pitch and it was when Foden had that shot a bit from the left, the Bernardo put it put it rebound wide, yeah. and then yeah, Bernardo with that, yeah, just a bad volley. Um, but I was like, okay, this is this is much better. But then there wasn't an awful lot of that in the second half, and then again, particularly after the goal. So if like like I say, it was a good performance overall, certainly the first half, um, and up until the two goals. But you know, there's still I don't want to say a long way to go, but there is still things that City need to to sort out you know it was obviously a, out, yeah. a, it was definitely a step in the right direction just in terms of the way that they went and they they could control the game and um, it looked more like City but yeah there, there is there is a way to go on that but again you know we talked about look Rodri's deserved all of his bans but they're quite unlucky in terms of the fixtures they've had when he has been banned but now that look comes back in like even if they're not perfect at the minute which they obviously aren't there is a fairly forgivable run of fixtures. Mm. Obviously, you know, and there's my, my, there's, my there's, mentioned yeah. to me the night how they've got no member of the top six until March, but they have, they've got Newcastle away, haven't they? Um, like fairly soon into January, but that's still a month away. Um, and yeah, before that, the fixtures aren't too difficult. Obviously, Everton away looks pretty tough at the moment, but that's when City will need that that control. I almost lazily said, you know, you, but you'd expect City to sort that out, but you wouldn't, would you? At the moment, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That you 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 will need it to be much better when they go to Everton, um, but even so, you know the fixtures around it. You know Palace coming up, Club World Cup, obviously, um, Everton there, and then Sheffield United at home. You know that is a kind of go and get yourself back on your feet and, and put it together nicely. So there is there is a way to go, but there was a nice opportunity for them to do that. Yeah, um, let's talk about Foden then, because uh, he was in the centre. Um, 
again, once uh, once again, I can't decide uh, the influence of uh, changing the structure, the opposition who it was, or Foden being there. But City certainly looks a lot more creative with him there than it, than they have done in in recent weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I, I, I it, maybe it's just simply a mixture of all the of all three factors that that have done that. Um. But I, when I think back to that, fir- the, the first half especially, um, the the image I have is Foden running at the Luton defence, having yeah, on the half had, turn. On, on the half turn, yeah. Um, I mean, he got he, like you say, he had that shot early on um, that the keeper saved. He had one that the keeper saved, and somehow the spin on the ball landed straight back in his hands. Um, when it yes. looked like the, the, oh, there was unbelievable like unbelievable save that dip just yeah. before him. And he still yeah, there got was a the, strong wrist to it to keep it out. Great save. Yeah, and then there was like three players ready to close in on it, and it just landed straight back in his hands instead yeah, of yeah. Uh, instead of bouncing out. Um, and then he came out one on one with with Foden as he tried to go around him, and he got two hands on it, and was a was a good uh, a good claim at, at Foden's feet. Mm. But ultimately, it's Foden that's at the centre of all of these things. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, he's better in the middle than. Than Alvarez, we've always said, you know, in terms of control, blah blah blah. But he he can play that role if if De Bruyne is not there, rather than playing next to him. Um, and he is he is better than than Alvarez at doing it. He's more naturally suited to doing it. Um, and again, there's been some complaints about it. Obviously, you know, the with the no midfielders playing in midfield against Villa thing, it looked a bit backwards the other night with you know, the best two. If you're going to say, okay, well, who's the most like Gundogan at the moment? Go well, Bernardo. Who's the most like De Bruyne? Well, Foden. So you're going to put them in midfield? Uh, no, they're going no. to be on the wing. But, <laughs> so it does seem mental, but like I get it because it's, what that, you're it's do- that Anakin and Padme meme, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, very good. But like, what are you going to do with um, what? What are you going to do with Alvarez when Haaland's fit? Like he has, like somebody has to go there, and then Foden is good on the left or on the right to a lesser extent, I think. But he's just more versatile. So it, it is probably one of those examples of like a more versatile player being punished for that versatility. Um, but yeah, it, it's not ideal. But I get it. And again, I suppose it's another benefit of of Haaland being out. I mean, the main ones I think are structural. And again, like if Haaland's not if Haaland's not being the guy in front of goal, if he's not burying all his chances, and like they're not getting him in the game anyway. Like a lot of it's not his fault. It's always like even last season when Haaland was amazing and banging in the goals. Like if he's not getting touches, it's not his fault. It's because City aren't playing well. So it's like, well, if City aren't playing well and he's not as clinical, then you don't have to play it. Like, or at least like it doesn't but make that- it doesn't make a huge amount of it's not a no brainer that you'd play him. So it makes sense. So structurally there's more of a benefit. But also another one of the benefits is well, if Alvarez goes up front, then he can put um Foden in the middle. And then like if Grealish is back and again, two goals in, in two games now for him, which is obviously a good thing. Um, and Doku, um, Guardiola said, it might be one or two weeks away. And by then, it sounds like Haaland will be back anyway. But like, let's say Haaland isn't back, or just a hypothetical situation without him. Alvarez up front, Foden in the middle, and then either... ideal In an ideal world, you want Grealish on the left and, and Doku on the right. And Doku especially, you know, if we talk about lack of control and being direct, well, if Haaland's not playing anyway, it's not... It's not as it's not as bad if because if you're adding in an extra player like like Kovacic in the middle, it kind of offsets it a bit. Although you know Alvarez is still kind of as direct as Haaland, mm. um, it does help. But yeah, the other benefit is obviously Foden in the middle and then Bernardo in the middle as well in front of Rodri, and then Doku on the right, Grealish on the left. But then that would be also be Stones coming into midfield rather than Walker going up onto the right because it's just a waste of time. Yeah, it just, just still work. on. 
still on Foden um, because obviously earlier in the season there was the whole Southgate thing and um, his ability to whether it's his ability to uh, know when to play, know when not to play, whether it's his ability to be aware of. Well, it's a lot of defensive um, stuff, isn't it? Kind of the defensive side of things, yeah. yeah. Um, what did you make of that? Because there was, uh, it, it felt almost as if that had been drilled, drilled into him a little bit ahead of the Luton game. Uh, well, I think given, he's definitely improving on it. Yeah, there was a couple of moments where um, I, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know if getting back and getting a tackle in is what Guardiola means by this sort of thing. But there was a, there, there was a number of times where um, Luton tried to break, and it was Foden that stopped it. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think it is as simple in in certain aspects as you know, just tracking back and not not losing your runners, getting a tackle in. Absolutely, but I I do think a lot of it is defensively, but with the ball, and it's those kind of decisions that I mentioned earlier when he's trying mm. to spray a pass, well, kind of wide and also forward. You can't really spray a pass forward, can you? But I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> but like he kind of sprayed it wide and forward towards Alvarez, and then they lost it, and it was like that. That is one of those things, I think, because um, again, as much as we talk about. Our players are a bit more vertical or direct, and the players who have got a bit more powers or whatever. Like Gundogan could do both, you know. Gundogan could be more. It's more about decision making than what they do with the ball. It's kind of was what they do and when they do it. It's making yeah. the right decision all the time. And like I think a, a large part of it with Foden isn't just, but it is this as well: getting back and tracking your runners and and putting in a shift defensively. But I think it is the decision-making on the ball. And obviously a lot of the times yesterday... Again, this is why some people love Doku when he was named man of the match in that Liverpool game. And some people were like, what are you talking about? Because it just depends what you want from football. And like, there was loads of stuff yesterday that Foden was doing that was brilliant. And like I said, I think he thought he was their most um, threatening and best attacking player. But there will be people as well who love that and who will just ignore it. If, you know, if he puts the ball forward towards Alvarez and it breaks down, it's not... People don't mind it because like, well, at least he's trying something. But the the mindset at City at the moment under Guardiola is no, not at least he's trying something. That was fucking stupid. Yeah, and like yeah. that, it might sound harsh, but it's like that is not what you're supposed to do. And it, it's the same thing as the Guardiola thing. Like that's not on any of the highlights. Like I, I, I'd be interested on match of the day where that highlight starts of the Luton's goal. But it started with Guardiola trying to head that ball back, and it may look innocuous. But it's more it's more of an obvious example of a mistake than Foden just putting the ball forward. But it's the same thing. It's like, no, that's that's a big error in this city team. But mm-hmm. yeah, like like Foden is learning. I think I think we've seen that through the season. I think we've seen moments throughout this season where he has been sloppy still, but I think we've seen a lot of moments where he has been much better defensively. And obviously like I still think the offensive side is still there, but it's just that add a bit more of a goal threat. You know, when we talked about that chance early on when he went a bit wide with it, I just thought I don't see him. I don't see him scoring this. I I don't see him scoring the chances where he's in front of the keeper. I see him scoring more. You know, like the one where the keeper did actually save it, where it dipped just in front of him. I see him yeah. scoring more like those. Weirdly, yeah. I see him scoring more of the one like in the first the couple of minutes. Touch. Yeah, um, the, the the ones from the left hand side across the keeper into the far side, and I always think yeah. he beats Allison like that. That's like he always seems yeah. to score that that goal against Liverpool. Yeah, that well, that's the one he's he's kind of historically looked for and, and tried, isn't it? But um, yeah, but he's, he has he has kind of dragged a lot of them wide as well. So the finishing definitely um, needs to improve. But look, you know, this is this is the player. I mean, it's just there's more to say about Foden, isn't there? Because we've got such a big body of evidence. But he was he was their best most attacking player yesterday. Um, yeah, and yeah, but I mean, again, I thought Grealish was was better the second half. He was more involved. 
he did his he did his thing more often. Whether that thing was just you know winning fouls and helping with that element, um, but yeah, it was it was just unusual. I, I just like in the first half, I was like, oh, this is what everyone sees every week. But I, I you know, I'm not I'm not saying I've been wrong all along. I still think he's he's that, he's shown that benefit. But I thought yesterday it was interesting how he was not good, um, and also but Guardiola obviously mentioned it to him as well. That's what he said that he told him after the game. Like you've got. To, when you're there, you've got to do it. You've got to be decisive and be aggressive. And he just wasn't that in the first half, was he? He just looked like he looked confused by that more central role. He almost looked like, well, what? Like, I should be there where where Yosko is, and like Foden's right here, and Alvarez is there. Like, who am I giving it to? And also, the attacks were a bit stunted because they would get, let's say, in that kind of hierarchy of left to right, it would get to Alvarez, and then there was just no threat on the right. Is there? Um. I mean, speaking about the uh, Gordon Ramsay meme being fluid, Walker's definitely one of the adults getting a bollocking at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a big like, there's a big kind of problem, again, I've seen on- online, um, just in terms of Twitter and, and Q&A and stuff. With Walker's performances, I mean, obviously I've seen him as well, you know, he's, he's not playing well, but again, it's, it's just mad how it's gone so far from, you know, this guy has to stay at all costs, like we can't let this guy go to Bayern Munich. Yeah, he he was great. He showed his value against Real Madrid and Vinicius. He's the best one-on-one defender in the world. To get Rico warmed this, up, yeah, yeah, this guy shouldn't play again, kind of thing. Um, but uh, that's just emotions related to football, I guess. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though. Go to lmtpod.com if you want to sign up for those longer ad-free episodes. Uh, What is in that for members today, Sam? Yeah, so we talk about home fans generally, but the specific example of the Luton fans taking issue with some of the refereeing for very little reason. But there's something that Guardiola's really been going on about recently behind the scenes, and it's finally come out in front of the scenes now. He's been taking issue with the media in particular, but also people at City, the club itself, um, thinking that winning is easy and taking their success for granted. He's really been hammering that message recently. And we're starting to A see little bit in his bonnet about it. Yeah, uh, Very much so. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.